It is a beautiful day this Thursday, September 8th. If for no other reason, it's a great day to celebrate a birthday and a great birthday to celebrate. Today is the feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's right, it's the Blessed Mother's birthday. If that isn't a reason to celebrate the day, I don't know what is. So let's pray our morning offering together and then let's honor the Blessed Mother with a Hail Mary this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions today to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All week long, we are bringing you some of our favorite segments we've ever aired on Roadmap to Heaven. I'm still on vacation this week, not with you in studio, so we've assembled the show in advance for you. I hope you enjoy it. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Blessed Mother. And one of the questions you may be asking is, Adam, why do you advocate each and every day, so many times a day, to pray the rosary? Don't you have anything else to talk about? Well, yeah, we do, but why should you pray the rosary? It's a very important question with a very important answer, and we're going to go back to a segment with Father Richard Heilman today to answer that very question. Then later in the show, we are going to go back to a segment we recorded with Bishop Thomas Paprocki of the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois on the intercession of the Blessed Mother. You know, on this, her birthday, we should be giving to her, and yet each and every day she gives to us the gift of her prayer to her son for our salvation. And that's the greatest gift we could ask for from the Blessed Mother, and she does not hesitate to offer that gift for us each and every day. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll continue this Look Back edition of Roadmap to Heaven. Today is the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Our spiritual direction is guided by the Holy Spirit through the living word, and we turn our ears constantly to hear what the Lord is telling us through scripture. But sometimes we must also listen to what it does not tell us. And nowhere in scripture will we find evidence that if the young Virgin Mary says no to the angel Gabriel, someone else will come along and bear the word made flesh. All of us alive now who came before us and who will follow us owe a measure of our salvation to the Virgin Mary and also her parents. St. Joachim and St. Anne never lost hope. They lived in a time when being infertile was ascribed to sinfulness, and this surely must have hurt them. But really, they just wanted a baby. And very late in their lives, long after Anne should have been able to conceive, they were informed independently by angels that they would indeed have a child. Anne comes from Bethlehem and Joachim, Nazareth. They meet at the city gate of Jerusalem, and there they share the news with one another, and they embrace in joy. The Holy Spirit will descend into the womb of St. Anne and bring life to Mary, who in that instant becomes the Immaculate Conception. Jochen and Anne had been told by angels that their child was destined for greatness, and indeed, that was true. She would one day say to the angel Gabriel, 
be it done unto me according to thy word. And that word would become flesh and save all of mankind if only we would say yes. Oh, blessed Virgin Mary, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. As we mentioned at the top of the show, today is the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I am on vacation, and so we're continuing to bring you the favorite segments we've aired over the last two years. And on this day devoted to the Blessed Mother, how could we not go to some segments about the Blessed Mother? So our first one today comes to us from September of 2020, and it's an interview we did with Father Rick Heilman on why we should pray the Rosary. So let's tune in. In just a moment here, we're going to bring up Father Heilman. He is with us on the phone. We're going to be talking about the need to pray the rosary each and every day. Father, good to have you with us. Oh, it's great to be with you. So, Father, you and I are on the same page. You know, we're on Roadmap to Heaven right now on Covenant Network. We're talking about the nitty-gritty, everyday things we have to be doing to grow in holiness. And I have long uh, been a fan of, of, of your, your Roman Catholic man, the U.S. Grace Force. I've been praying my combat rosary every, every day, and I absolutely love it. Why is the rosary, in your estimation, so important for us to be praying right now at this time in our nation and our culture? Yeah, I think it goes back to Fatima, right? So the, Our Lady's warning there way back in 1917. And uh, I, I think this is the weapon for our times. You know, I, I always love uh, Padre Pio, who said, bring me my weapon, you know. But uh, the idea that, uh, you know, it's Our Lady, what a wonderful gift we've been given. You know, today's readings talks about being a family together, and, and, uh, and we're in that family, and we've been given a great gift to the Blessed Mother, who is... Uh, she's the new Eve, right? So while uh, uh, Eve led us out of the garden, uh, Mary brings us back in. But she's been given that, um, that, that, that great uh, commission, if you will, to crush the head of the serpent. And, and you know, a lot of writers and, and theologians talk about how, well, how dare God do that? She's merely a, a human being, you know, she's not one of the Trinity, or why do you worship Mary or all that? You know, I just think, you know, why not have a mom? You know, why, why not have uh, Jesus' mom, who, uh, who is, you know, if, if, if you love Mary, uh, then you, you love Jesus' mom, then, then, then he loves you, you know. It, it's just a, but, but I always say with, with Mary, she's our, she, she's our advocate, you know. And you could, uh, the synonymous with that is the, she's our defense attorney. I always think about being a, the throne of God, and she's advocating for us, you know. But uh, what, but what a wonderful gift, you know. She's that tender heart of a mother, and uh, and she's, you know, she's like that that mother bear, you know. <laughs> it's I, not gonna I, let anything happen to her cubs, you know. So. Uh, so what a great gift we've been given. I love it. You know, and that's an analogy I use quite often. Uh, you know, and my my wife, we we have small uh, five children, 
And, uh, you know, she's the most loving person I know until something uh, threatens her children. Right. And then she turns fierce. And I, and I can only imagine our Blessed Mother does that. Father, you're, you're not content, though, just to say from the, the pulpit, let's pray our rosaries. You are working right now to uh, with, with a great team to try and get us praying the rosary for our nation coast to coast coming up here in October. So what do we need to know? So the, what's going on and, and how can we participate? Yeah, so you mentioned the United States Grace Force. We actually coined that term uh, back in uh, 2018. Uh, but, uh, but we had been gathering together for this Novena for Our Nation uh, actually back to 2015, and the numbers have just been growing. I think we're up to 76,000-plus that are enlisted in the United States Grace Force. But our big uh, spiritual warfare campaign is what's called Novena for a Nation. starts August 15th, but ends on October 7th. And then every year, on or about that time, uh, we try to get everybody out, usually on a, on a Sunday afternoon uh, around that time, get everybody out from around the nation and get outside, get get out. So, you know, put that lamp on the lampstand and, and be seen and, and bring bring your uh, your rosary and, and and your army and get outside. So uh, we we've, we've uh, we call it Rosary Coast to Coast, and actually people can go to rosarycoasttocoast.com and you can just register. You can say this is our group that's getting together, and it could be two people, you know. But uh, there's a lot of great big campaigns that are going on too. But uh, so October 11th, and then what we try to do. Is and, and, and every year we've been going out to uh, Washington D.C. and we're on the nation's capital grounds there, and we're going to be doing that again this year. And we're going to have Sister Didi with us this year, which is going to be great. Um, but uh, we gather together. That's kind of an epicenter of, of everything that's going on. But at 3 p.m. Central Time, so and you can figure that out for your own time zone. But we want to pray the glorious mysteries together. So this is like the nation outside and uh, calling upon God to pour out, you know, his richest blessing on our land. You know, that's that uh, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen that he will heal our land, right? And so that's, and, and what a year we need for this right now uh, for us to do that. So go to rosarycoast.com and sign up your, your group, two or more, and, uh, and let's get outside and pray together. I think that's a wonderful idea. So, so if I understand this correctly, whether it's me and my neighbor saying, hey, at 3 o'clock we're going to be outside on our front porch praying right. the glorious mysteries, or if I can get 50, 100 men from the parish right. and, and women from the parish, whoever, and say we're going to stand on the front plaza of the church and pray the rosary right there on the main road, uh, no group too big or too small to do this. Right. You know, we did a big um, uh, procession in downtown Madison. We were walking right by the boarded-up shops with graffiti all over them up to the, our state capitol. We did that right at the beginning of our 54-day campaign on August 15th. We had 3,000 people, and we had our own Bishop Hying and Archbishop Lestecki was there. It was just glorious, and, and uh, there's a beautiful video that was made out of that, too. But there's a lot of people doing that same kind of thing as well, so... Two or maybe three thousand, you know, whatever you can, you want to do. Now, Father, you know, I think this is wonderful because I, I have long believed that it, we have this rich treasury of of traditions and devotions, such as processions, that uh, you know we've just kind of put by the wayside. Um, you know, growing up, I, I never really experienced any of those except for on 
Corpus Christi, but the, you, they're starting to make a resurgence. People are saying we need, you know, we just had a procession here in St. Louis on the Feast of St. Louis. Uh, they processed from the Oratory Church about two miles to this beautiful statue of St. Louis in, in our right. Forest Park, um, singing hymns and processing with an image of the Blessed Virgin Mary and then praying the rosary together. There are some critics who would say, but does that really do anything, Father? You know, they, why, why would you do that? We need to advocate in the political system, or we need to work on the social structure for all of these ills of our country. Why is it so important? that we return, and, and as you said, bring the Prince of Peace out into our streets. Yeah, you know, processions have gone back to the earliest parts of the Church. You know, I, I, one of the ones that comes to mind, and it's, 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 uh, it relates to our, our day-to-day, but Pope Gregory the Great, they were going through a terrible uh, plague during his time. In fact, he, he was a replacement for a pope who died of the pla- uh, that plague, and he decided to do these uh, Marian processions, uh, around the Vatican, and then he caught this image uh, after you know several of these processions of Michael uh, with a bloody sword that he's sheathing, and and he knew that at that point that their prayers were answered and the plague was ended, and it was, and to this day that image uh, sits on top of Castel uh, San San Angelo, Castle of the Angels, uh, in in the Vatican City, so in in uh, near the Vatican in Rome, but. Uh, so a- anyway, it, it, it's just been uh, our part of our tradition to get out into the streets, to bring the Prince of Peace, bring Our Lady, and to, to call out to God and, and to, to say that, you know, you know we're, we're not just hidden away, you know. We've got to get that, like I said, that lamp on that lampstand and get out into the public eye and, uh, and with our belief and then also with uh, the inspiration of our, of our uh, processions. Okay, now, Father, I know leading up to this, you know, right now we're in the Novena for Our Nation, day 39, and even before that, we had the, the 40 days to freedom from the devil, let freedom ring, uh, that we were we were praying along with you right here on our airwaves every day. Uh, we, we talk about, you know, and I love I love the U.S. Grace Force, because when I think of the church militant, we, we needed a good name, and, and the, you, you really, you came up with a great one there, I have to say. But when we talk about that, you know, it's easy for me to jump on board, say, oh, there's going to be a procession, I'll go to the procession, or there's going to be a public rosary on this day, I'll go to the, I'll go to the public rosary. But what I sometimes find myself lacking in is that basic training, that spiritual basic training that I need to be doing in my life. Because it's, you know, let's be honest, friends, it's really easy for you and I to go be part of a big group doing something because the focus isn't on us, per se, it's on the big group. So, Father, what are some of those things as we as we endeavor to tend to our, our basic training that we should be incorporating into our prayer lives each and every day? Yeah, so I, I really delved into this, and it, this was back around 2012, too, when, you know, you, you felt like things were starting to percolate and erupt, uh, and, and so we, we really needed to 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 look at the whole idea of spiritual warfare again. I actually wrote a book called um, uh, Church Militant Field Manual, and then the subtitle is Special Forces Training for the Life in Christ. But what did, what did I do with that? Is I looked at all, and I call it the jewels in the treasure chest of our Catholic faith. We've been handed down. I, you know, I, I don't want to write my own prayer. Uh, I want to take what's been given to me, what's been revealed to God through the great saints of our Church, uh, and, and and I want to use those tools, or 
like we say, some, sometimes you call them weapons. But these are the novenas, these are the devotions, these are the sacramentals, uh, the beautiful prayers, all, everything that's handed down to us. So, so what do we have at our storehouse? You know, what do we have to use? And so we need to get acquainted with that. You know, I think we went through a period in time in our church where, um, you know, I think some of the leaders of our church thought, well, that's medieval stuff and we don't do that anymore. Well, that was, that, that, that's too bad. I think that's actually why, you know, you know the devil got busy because, I, I, I put it this way, we're, we stood alone uh, naked on the battlefield, no spiritual armor, no spiritual weapons, and the, and the devil just had his way. But we're picking all that up again now. And we're starting to push back against this insurgency of evil that's going on in our times. And I, I, I'm so hopeful. I, I, I think that, you know, we're, in, we're living in a period of time where I think the devil is actually, um, he's having kind of a temper tantrum because he knows that we're getting stronger and he's losing. You know, he's starting to lose. So he's, he's starting to ramp up his efforts a little bit more. But, it's, again, it's more of a sign that, that he's panicked and he's, and he's thrown a little temper tantrum. But, but we're getting stronger and we're starting to win more and more. All right. So every day... Every day we've got to engage in this. You know, there's there's no option to sit this out, especially right now. Yes, I'm I, you know I'm more and more convinced as I look at the state of the country and, and the state of our world each and every day. This is, I think, you you have to look beyond that. Yes. That as you said earlier, the forces of evil are working in the world against the forces of good, and uh, we have to. You know, we know who the victor is. But that doesn't mean we won't get swept away in the battle if we don't we don't put ourselves out there and fight on the Lord's side. So what a joy it is to have you with us and to know of the U.S. Grace Force. We've shared that, friends, on our Facebook page. If you go to facebook.com slash roadmap radio, we've got the link up there. It's usgraceforce.com. Um, you can go there right now and, and check it out. Father, before we let you go, uh, could we ask for a prayer or a blessing for our listeners this morning? Sure. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for being with us this morning. All right, it's a pleasure to be with you. All right, we'll be praying for you and, uh, as you celebrate Mass this morning. You have a great thank day. You. All right, God Bye. bless. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Father Heilman. Before we go to the break here, I do want to note that the Rosary Coast to Coast is still happening. The National Rosary Rally is still happening. And so while the segments from two years ago, the events are still going on. For more information, you can visit rosarycoasttocoast.com. And if you go to the About menu item you can click on national rosary rally and find out everything you need to know about that this year it's going to be in washington dc on october 9th so rosarycoasttocoast.com for more information we're going to take a break here on roadmap to heaven when we come back we're going to look back at a segment with bishop thomas paprocki on the power of the intercession of the blessed virgin mary until then stay tuned the Alma Redemptoress, loving mother of the Redeemer, gate of heaven, star of the sea, assist your people who have fallen, yet strive to rise again. To the wonderment of nature you bore your creator, yet remained a virgin after as before. You who received Gabriel's joyful greeting, have pity on us, poor sinners.
We are back, and you are listening to this special look-back edition of Roadmap to Heaven on this Thursday, September 8th, and we're devoting the show today to the Blessed Mother. And this next conversation is one we had with Bishop Thomas Paprocki of the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois back in October of 2020. And it's really a great conversation on the power of the intercession of the Blessed Mother and why we should turn to her. So without further ado, let's jump back in time to this interview with Bishop Paprocki. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network, and today I am on the road in the Diocese of Springfield, actually in the state capital and the the seat of the Diocese, Springfield, Illinois, speaking with Bishop Paprocki. Your Excellency, it's always a pleasure to have you on our airwaves. And today we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, the Blessed Mother, specifically her intercession. So I would like to begin by asking, why is your prayerful relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary so important to you? Well, I guess I would start with saying that I was born on August 5th, which is the feast of uh, the dedication of the Basilica of St. Mary Major, also known as the Feast of Our Lady of the Snows, because it was on that day that, on August 5th in, uh, in, uh, in Rome, that there was a snowfall as a sign that that was a place where they were to uh, build the church of St. Mary Major. And uh, so my birthday is on a Marian feast day. My, my uh physical mother, Veronica Mary Paprocki, was born on August 22nd, and uh, so that's the queenship of Mary. So also my mother's uh, birthday being closely related to the Blessed Mother, and then uh, all of us, I think, I would, I would hope, are close to our physical mothers, and uh, I think that uh, from that point of view, to realize that our relationship with uh, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary is, is also very important as our spiritual mother. And um, we have that from our Lord himself, of, and no less than when he was dying on the cross. And at the foot of the cross was his mother, Mary, and, uh, and St. John, the beloved apostle. And uh, it was there that uh, uh, Jesus said to, uh, to, uh, to the apostle John, behold your mother, and to, to Mary, behold your son, and referring to John, not just that to look at John as your son, but really in that sense, John being a symbol of the whole church. And so that um, as, as Mary would look upon John and look upon all of our, our Lord's disciples to recognize what our Lord was saying there was uh, all the members of the church uh, are your children. And uh, so I think for us to recognize that, especially in that place uh, where this is, uh, as he was dying, this was sort of his last uh, bequest was to leave all of us uh, in a spiritual relationship with his blessed mother. So when we, when we pray, we don't just pray to Jesus for your blessed mother, we pray to our blessed mother because she, she has this wonderful relationship with all of us. As Catholics, certainly we are not strangers to intercessory prayer. Um, we ask our family members, our friends, fellow parishioners, etc., to pray for us. We spend time praying for members of our communities or the parish sick list. We pray in the general intercessions for particular needs uh, from time to time. How is the intercessory prayer of our Blessed Mother different? I would say it's, it's different in the sense of the relationship of the Blessed Mother to our Lord himself. You know, so we all have a relationship uh, with our Lord, and prayer is praying to, to God. But the idea of intercessory prayer is uh, someone is asking our Lord on our behalf. And, um, you know, the fact that Mary was conceived without sin, uh, and as the angel 
the Archangel Gabriel greeted her as Mary full of grace. She is as full of grace of, uh, than anyone can possibly be. I mean, we, um, everyone else uh, who was born uh, on earth was born with original sin, and so our whole lifetime is, you know, dealing with the reality of sin. Uh, fortunately, we have the grace of baptism, and we have the grace of the, the sacraments uh, to uh, help us to overcome our sinfulness, but even when we die, you know, we still... Uh, God willing that we die in the state of grace, we still often will have to face the prospect of purgatory, of uh, a final cleansing before we do get to see God face to face. But in the case of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we know that um, she sees our Lord face to face in a relationship in which she was assumed into heaven. So uh, she probably, uh, I think it's fair to say, has the closest relationship with Jesus than, than any human being could possibly have. So it's like if you, uh, in, in our normal everyday lives, if you want a favor from somebody, you you can ask through a number of different um, intermediary sources, but uh, you're probably gonna go to the person that you know has that person's ear. And uh, if, if you can make your request through this person, uh, not only will it, uh, will it, you have the assurance that requests will be communicated, but you have a good sense that um, that it will be granted, and um, so in this in this regard, I think uh, if I can tell you a little story that regard, this is uh, kind of a funny story, but I think it, for me it expresses very much what what my hope uh, would be. Um, this is when uh, I was going to a wedding a few years ago. I was uh, going to perform a wedding out of out of town, and um, I brought along a wedding gift that I was going to give to the couple. And it was a, um, it was um, a crystal. It was leaded crystal of one of these uh, very beautiful uh, crystal uh, figurines. And uh, I, so I, I put it in a nice uh, little box. It was um, a Waterford crystal was what, what it actually was. So I put it in a box, I gift wrapped it, I put it in my carry-on. I, I was going through O'Hare Airport and put it on the conveyor belt to go through security. and. Almost immediately, the um, the security guard yells out, "Bag check," and uh, I realize the problem that Waterford crystal is leaded crystal. So all he sees is some leaded form in there, and he thinks it's a gun or something else. So I thought, "Oh, well, I wrapped that gift, and it's going to be unwrapped now." And so he calls bag check. The supervisor comes over, looks at the X-ray image, and then looks at me wearing at the collar, and looks back at the image, and she says, and this is a quote from the TSA supervisor. Oh, for heaven's sake, it's the Blessed Mother. Let him through. <laughs> and I thought, what a perfect quote. For heaven's sake, it's the Blessed Mother. And it was. It was a Waterford crystalline figure of the Blessed Mother. And so I've often thought about that, and I've preached on this sometimes too, that uh, when I die, I would hope that the Blessed Mother will be at my side. And if there's any question about me getting into heaven, uh, St. Peter will see me standing there with the Blessed Mother at my side and say, oh, for heaven's sake, the Blessed Mother's with him. Let him in. It's <laughs> a good thought to have. <laughs> when, I th uh, when I think of turning to our Blessed Mother in prayer, I immediately think of the Memorari. And specifically, I, I meditate quite frequently on the line, never was it known that anyone who fled to her protection, implored her help, or sought her intercession, was left unaided. I wonder, could you elaborate on what that means for us, that never was it known? Uh, never was it known that anyone uh, was left unaided. So the, the idea is that we should have this confidence that when 
we pray this prayer to our Blessed Mother that she will remember us. And, uh, you know, I think that um, on the one hand, we want to uh, strike a balance here that uh, we have the confidence that we pray to our Blessed Mother, she'll, she'll hear our prayer. Um, on, on the other hand, this isn't uh, something that uh, we should just uh, assume that it's kind of magic, that if we say this prayer, I'm going to get whatever I ask for, because uh, we, uh, we do believe that, um, you know, this, we, in the prayer, in fact, uses the word intercession, so Mary's interceded on our behalf, and she will aid us. Uh, that means she'll, she'll put our request forward. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get exactly what we're asking for, and that's something we, we always have to keep in mind with, uh, with our prayers, is that when we pray, uh, we pray as Jesus taught us in the Our Father, uh, thy will be done. So, um, and, and that's often an issue is we pray for something specific, and it doesn't happen, and we think, well, God didn't hear my prayer. Well, I'm sure God heard our prayer, uh, but it's a question of was it in conformity with God's will? And, uh, and God may have reasons uh, for doing something otherwise. Let's say, well, God hears our, hears our prayers, but, and he answers them. But uh, there's, more, there's more than one answer. It's not always yes. It could be no, or it could be not now. <laughs> so we just have to, uh, uh, in the end, entrust everything to, uh, to God's, God's will, but uh, certainly through the intercession of our Blessed Mother to know that uh, she will not leave us unaided if we uh, make those petitions for, through her intercession. I think of my children, and when they spend the night at my in-laws' house, they say, "Mommy, can you can you ask Ma and Pa if we can do this?" And sometimes Mommy will pass that request along, but other times she knows what's best for them and says, "You know, okay, Ma and Pa, they're going to ask for this, and they want me to ask you for this." But as their mother, I'm telling you, that's probably not what's best for them. And I think it's it's reasonable to think the same happens with our our blessed mother. One of the best ways to pray through the Blessed Mother's intercession is through the Daily Rosary. And I have to admit that even though every first Saturday um, I, I, I speak on the show about the promises of the Blessed Virgin to those who pray the Rosary daily, I can't always remember them. I wonder if there are some things that we could highlight about why that is so important because of the promises she's made to us. Well, I think uh, what I would emphasize is that what our Blessed Mother is promising here our spiritual benefits, you know, so, uh, you know, first of all, for those who are not familiar with this, the 15 promises of Our Lady were made to St. To Saint Dominic, you know, for those who prayed the rosary, and then uh, later reinforced by Blessed Alan de la Roche, um, a Dominican friar, but uh, the idea here is, uh, again, Mary is full of grace, and so the, the very first promise is, now, whoever shall faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces, a signal very important, very important graces. So uh, again, that should come as no surprise that we're pr praying to, to her who is full of grace, that she will be the one interceding for us um, to bring about these uh, great graces. And uh, so I, th I think, uh, you know, as you look at the various uh, uh, promises that Our Lady makes, I mean, she... Uh, these are things that really are designed to to help us in our spiritual lives, uh, not so much in our our material lives. And oftentimes, when we're praying for something, perhaps our focus is on our material world and you know trying to get um, get some particular benefit. And it's it's okay to pray for things like that. But when the, in terms of the promises of uh, Mary, she's talking about uh, giving us graces, giving us a powerful armor against um, hell, destroying vice. Uh, decreasing sin, um, keeping us from heresy, um, 
uh, you know, dying in the state of grace. These these are all the main points, really, with the, with these promises that uh, um, that we we turn to our Blessed Mother, uh, asking her to help us to, to so that we too can be filled with grace. With the ultimate going uh, goal being that when we die, we want to make sure that we we die in the state of grace and uh, and thereby be able to spend eternity with our with our Lord and and His kingdom. You alluded, uh, not really alluded to this, you, you touched on this briefly when we were talking about the memorari, that it's not really a magic formula, and I think sometimes that's a trap that we, we fall into, that it, it, we become formulaic. If I do this, then this I'm guaranteed this will happen. If I pray the rosary every day, then I'm guaranteed this will happen, and, and sometimes I fall into this trap of not really putting my heart into it, and it's just, uh, as long as I say these words, I will be okay. I wonder... Um, what encouragement you would give to us to keep in mind when, when we're tempted to think that way, that all I have to do is just say the words and it doesn't matter what I'm thinking or if, if I believe in them or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important to keep in mind that there's, uh, uh, there's a spiritual dimension to this that uh, is calling us to a deeper awareness of God's grace and how we make that grace uh, present in our lives, how we how we, we cooperate with the grace that that God is uh, giving to us, and so I, th- I think it's important for us uh, to be on guard against falling into superstition with religious practices. So uh, you know there is a sense of of course of the supernatural, but supernatural does not necessarily mean that's going to be something uh, that we we achieve by uh, superstitious uh, practice. So that uh, what I mean by that is uh, you know so we just kind of go through the motions and you think that uh, uh, as long as I'm I just saying these words and the Hail Mary, uh, it's just going to happen automatically, you know, because that's superstitious. The whole idea is to grow in our spiritual, spiritual lives is really to be aware of, of what's going on for us to grow more deeply in our spiritual lives. So that's true with all of the sacramentals, uh, holy water, for example. Um, holy water um, is, is holy because it's blessed uh, by a priest, uh, but again, it's not sort of a magical thing that will, just by putting the water on our head, uh, is not necessarily going to make us a holy person, but the whole point of holy water is it's a reminder of our baptism. So every time we bless ourselves with holy water, it should be a reminder of our baptism. Why is that significant? Because it's our baptism is when we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. That's when we we call that divine filiation. We are made children of God. And so every time we use holy water, we'll, we'll grow more deeply in our relationship with our Lord as we're reminded that by this, bapt- by this holy water, this, this is a reminder of, of when I became a child of God. And, uh, you know, that's just so powerful to be reminded of that frequently. That's why blessing yourself with holy water frequently is a very good thing to do because it does remind us of our divine filiation. Uh, But whatever our our practices are, the whole idea is uh, how to strengthen our relationship with the Lord and... um, and not just make it an automatic kind of thing. For example, I mean, just think of, uh, so any other relationship. So uh, you strengthen your relationship by prayer with the Lord. You have frequent conversation with the Lord. That's what prayer is. Well, think, uh, put put that uh, analogy to a friend of yours. So you, you'll want to strengthen your relationship with your friend, and you can do that by making a phone call. And you make the phone call, and you're just there, and you don't really invest in the conversation. You're just one word answers, yes, hello, no, goodbye. <laughs> you're not going to, the phone call in itself is not going to strengthen the relationship unless you engage in the conversation. 
And that's basically what our spiritual practices are all about. We're, we should engage in conversation with God and then hopefully grow more deeply in our relationship with So fair to say that by, you know, praying that rosary every day and really taking that time to meditate upon the mysteries, the natural consequences, our hearts would be moved to grow in holiness. It's not just by the fact that we're saying the words in some superstitious sense, as you said, but if we really invest in that time of prayer, it's natural to assume that we would then be moved to grow closer to our Lord. Well, then that's why we have the the mysteries of the rosary and uh, a a special... uh, a mystery, as we call it, that's assigned to each decade, every ten Hail Marys, and so, and they're they're all basically about the the life of Christ, except the last two and the glorious mysteries, which are about our Blessed Mother, her Assumption, and uh, Coronation as Queen of the Universe. But uh, the rest of them, you go through them. You have to remember, re- actually, the wh- wh- how the Rosary came about was uh, really emphasizing uh, the life of Christ in a time when there was no printing press. And so people didn't have the opportunity to open a Bible and, and read the scriptures, even to say the Psalms. And so that's why for, for centuries there were 150 Hail Marys to parallel the 150 Psalms. So instead of saying a Psalm, you'd say a Hail Mary. Now, Pope John Paul II um, added the Luminous Mysteries, uh, which takes us out of the 150 uh, number. But what he did in doing that, the Luminous Mysteries, add some very important uh, aspects of Jesus's life uh, in, in his ministry as an adult. And uh, in that way, then, the joyful mysteries uh, tell us, you know, about his, uh, about the Annunciation, the Visitation, you know, as uh, up to the time with the, with the finding of Jesus in the temple at the age of 12. And then, but in the past, when you would go from there right up to the Sorrowful Mysteries, right into the Sorrowful Mysteries with the Agony in the Garden, um, you, you missed the whole, the, the rosary didn't really have that whole aspect of, well, what did Jesus do between uh, being found in the temple and when his, he was uh, in the garden praying in agony? And so what St. John Paul II added for us were these the dimensions about, you know, Jesus, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan and the wedding at Cana, for example, and, and uh, the, founda- uh, the founding of the Eucharist, the transfiguration, all those that come into this. So actually, if you... If you just spend your time meditating on each one of the mysteries of the, of the rosary, and you do that in the course of a week, you've really covered the whole gamut of the life of Christ. And in doing that, so if you're really aware of that, and, and as we should be meditating on that particular rosary while you're saying those ten Hail Marys, that will help you grow in your relationship rather than just you know repeating words over and over again. Wonderful. Your Excellency, I want to thank you for the time we've spent today um, talking about this. I wonder if you could conclude our time together with a prayer or a blessing for our listeners. Sure, I'd be happy to. Let us pray. Dear God, we ask you to send your graces upon us, and through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, we ask you to help our listeners to grow in their relationship and in their love for you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. We'll be back right after this. The Consoler Consecration to Mary. Mary, I want to be a saint. I know that you also want me to be a saint and that it's your God-given mission to form me into one. So, Mary, at this moment, on this day, I freely choose to give you my full permission to do your work in me with your spouse, the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We have reached the fourth day of our week of welcoming the stranger here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement and here with another challenge for us. And, and Patty, I have to say, each one of these has been great, but you have been pushing me out of my comfort zone all week. So I'm somewhat excited and somewhat scared for today's encouragement. So what do you have? All right. Well, we're talking about welcoming the stranger. Again, this comes to us from Scripture. We are called to welcome the stranger. And again, it's near and dear to my heart because I've lived in a foreign country where I was the outsider, where I didn't speak the language. And I have to say, as Catholics, I wish we did a better job of this. I know often language can be a barrier when we meet someone for the first time, maybe in our parish, and they're from a different country. They don't look like us. Their skin is a different color, whatever it may be that challenges us to go out of our comfort zone. If I could just speak from the heart, I want to say, can we please have compassion? Can we have compassion for those whose first language is not English? And I say this because, like I said, I've been that person in a foreign country where I'm trying to learn the language, and it is so hard. It does not happen overnight, and it is very, very difficult to get the nuances of a language. And so often when we meet someone who does not speak English as a first language, it's very, very easy for us to say, well, I couldn't understand a word they said. If it's a priest, for example, who's from a different country and comes to our parish as a missionary or is serving in the archdiocese and, and you have a hard time with his accent. I've heard so many Catholics say, I couldn't understand a word he said. Well, I wanna almost just say to you, how many languages do you speak? And how long did it take you to learn those languages? Can we have compassion for those who are not speaking English for the first language because it's so easy to be condemning of others if they don't get it right perfectly or you can have a difficult time understanding the accent. Here's what I want to say. Give it time. If it's someone that you are encountering that has a different accent and that's trying to learn English, try to learn his or her accent and talk to them one-on-one -on -one maybe a little bit and it might be easier for you to understand that person. And also I would honestly say most of the people that come here from a different country, they're not stupid. I want to say this very, very clearly. I remember feeling like I was stupid when I lived in another country. It's not that I was stupid, it was just I couldn't express it in that language. And so many, many people are very, very educated. They're very smart. It's just they're having a language barrier, and we need to have compassion with that. It's a great way to welcome the stranger when you have compassion for them in their language barriers. It's funny to me how sometimes when I've traveled internationally or to uh, different places throughout the country, I always love having the priest who doesn't necessarily speak the greatest English in the confessional. But then everywhere else, I expect exactly what you're saying, that I, you should be able to talk in a way that I understand you. And this has been a great challenge to get over myself and to have some compassion and to in, really rejoice in the opportunity to meet someone new. So, Patty, I want to thank you for this. Well, that wraps up our show, and that wraps up our week of looking back at some of our favorite segments on Roadmap to Heaven I'll be back in studio with you on Monday, but until then, let's conclude the week and the show with a prayer, as we always do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you've enjoyed this week of these 
favorite segments of ours from the past of Roadmap to Heaven, don't forget to check out our podcast wherever you get your podcast or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org and clicking on the programs tab, then just click on Roadmap to Heaven. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.